0: Last week, Stephen, Pastor Stephen kicked us off as we talk about reconcile, and I'm telling you, in the midst of being one week post-election, waking up this morning and hearing about another tragedy in Colorado Springs, it is always fitting to talk about reconciliation, and yet it's not easy. And so I want you to to first I want you to meet Jody and her pup Poncho. She was allowed to work from home during the pandemic, and this allowed her to get her sweet dog, and she has absolutely loved it. She works for a local tech company, um, and she gets to work from home every single day, except one day a month. She has to go into the office for the all-staff lunch and meeting, and she loves everything about her job. She has five people on her team, and they're amazing. It's just that she just cannot stand her boss, Max. Max did this thing during the pandemic where he told them they had to keep their camera on during their meetings. And that just really upset her. I mean, why? Does he not trust us, she thought? But what really put her over the edge is that in those first couple of weeks of having Zoom meetings, he would make these comments about her skin color. And then he would say, I mean, I don't mean to be racist, but, She avoids all her conflict that she can with this man. She knows she should probably report him, but, you know, it's just easier not to do anything. But tomorrow, tomorrow is that once-a-month staff lunch and gathering, and she is dreading it. She feels so uncomfortable around him, and she she thinks she should probably do a little bit more to address the situation, but she'll just surround herself with the coworkers that she does love and avoid all eye contact with Max. It's just easier that way. Here's Jamie. Jamie is a 10th grader. He is really, really committed to wrestling at his high school, and he has very serious intentions of wrestling in college. Right now, he has two practices a day, most days of the entire year. And throughout the school year, he misses about 10 to 15 days of class because he's going to showcases, tournaments, and meets. This means that Jamie is always playing catch up. There is not a day that he wakes up and goes to school that he is not already starting behind. And this is especially in the classes of math and science. His math teacher in particular is rather difficult. She doesn't seem to care that Jason isn't missing school because he's off on fancy vacations or sleeping in. He's missing school because he has a legitimate reason. He wants to get a wrestling scholarship. She won't give him any extended time on any of his homework. Well, at least he thinks she won't. He hasn't asked her. His mom tells Jamie, you should probably go in and talk to the teacher. See what she would tell her, explain to her all of this stress you are under. And he thinks, no, I'll just email her. It's just easier that way. Meet Daisy. Daisy is a 89-year-old grandmother of five, and she has just published by herself her very own children's book. She lives in the same city as two of the three of her children, and she is so excited because this week, as she does every year, she gets to host all of them for Thanksgiving. Every single one of her children is invited. But one of the kids that lives in her very same city, he has stopped coming because he says he needs to go and have Thanksgiving with his partner's family. He, he said something like, "Well, you know, my brother and I got in a fight several years back." He promised her, "Mom, don't, don't worry. there's nothing that you need you can do or change. I love you so much, and don't worry. The three of us will get to spend Christmas together. I promise." Oh but Daisy, she, she longs for all three of her kids and all of the grandchildren to be around the table. She should say something to her son. She knows she should, but doesn't want to mess it up any more than it already is, and so it's just easier to not say anything. Jody, Jamie, and Daisy, each of them are aware that there is a relationship in their life that is misunderstood, that is unfair, that is not aligned, where there is whether notable or not notable conflict going on, that each of them knows this, and yet each of them thinks it's easier to just do nothing. Is it? Is it easier on our hearts and our minds and our bodies just to do nothing? Now, Jesus, nowhere in Scripture does Jesus say that we are going to have perfect relationships with all the people in our life. Jesus is very clear to actually talk about how we're supposed to deal with enemies, which to me indicates we're going to have them. He's very concerned, and we are supposed to treat our enemies differently than the way people who do not follow Jesus treat their enemies. But here's the thing. When Jesus speaks about relationships, And when they break, and when they're in conflict, Jesus wants us to work towards repairing them. Because for some reason, God knows that when we are not in right relationship with people in our community, it affects our relationship with God as well. So to help us explore that, what does does Jesus mean by reconciliation? We're gonna turn to the Sermon on the Mount, It's a passage you all have heard before, and I pray that we would hear it with fresh eyes. Before we do, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you are always full. You are always at the door waiting for us to knock. You are just generous in your gifts of presence and grace. And oh God, as we sit and and listen, to what your word says. May it transform us from the inside out. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. So here is on the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is speaking to this crowd of what we think was thousands of peasants, most of them aligned with the Jewish faith. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So... When you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the central teachings all throughout the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus is saying, it does not matter just what people see you do that might be bad. He's like, what's going on in here and what's going on in here, it really, really matters to me. And so, of course, Jesus begins this verse. We're not surprised. Don't murder. I mean, that's kind of like a a no-brainer for the Son of God. But then Jesus is like, actually, all those things that you think... That no one knows. I know, Jesus says. I know, and it matters to me what you think about the relationships in your lives. It matters because for some reason, Jesus thinks that the way we feel and the thoughts that we have within us towards our brothers or sisters, it's going to affect our relationship with God. So picture the context. One of those thousands of people in the crowds, they would have gone into the temple to offer their gift. It it was a means of of receiving grace. They would have brought a little lamb, some corn. They would have brought a gift as an offering to God. What Jesus is presenting to us here is an act of worship. And this is how serious Jesus takes this. You are literally in the act of worshiping God. I want you to stop what you are doing. Stop, leave your gift, and first go and be reconciled. Jesus is shedding light on this truth that is so easily passed over. Relationships are of utmost importance the way we treat each other matters to God. So when we are in conflict or out of alignment with someone in our family, someone in our friend group, someone in our church community, it matters to God. So much so that God would say, you know what? Stop your act of worship and go get that relationship right. Before we dive into what the word reconcile even means, I want to point out two things about this image that Jesus sets up of coming before the altar. I keep doing this because I think about like this is it could be like where you came to offer your gift. The first thing is that Jesus says, you come to the altar and if you remember. Because let's face it, there's going to be times that we don't remember that that someone has something against us. We're busy, it's just not top of mind, or we don't know. We don't know that we've hurt others. And so maybe we don't remember. I remember my youth pastor used to tell me, if you think of someone, if some random person in your life comes to your mind, you should pray for them or reach out to them because it is there that is the Spirit giving you that name for a reason. If you are in an act of worship and you remember, Jesus says, pay attention to it. Don't just stuff it down. And then the second thing is Jesus doesn't say, if you remember, consider. If you remember, let me make a suggestion. If you remember, perhaps. It is in the imperative. If you remember, so when? any of us remember go go it's not it's not a suggestion jesus is commanding us go and then he says and be reconciled to that brother or sister the word reconciled that is used here is a compound word and in the greek a compound word is so visual it means to transform or to have a transfer again daily. Literally, the word reconcile has nothing to do with the person who has something against you. Be reconciled. It is about you, me, letting the Holy Spirit transform what is our hearts, what is our opinions daily. It is remembering that you might not have done anything intentional. You might might not even agree with what the person who has something against you says you did. But you remember that they are against you. And when that happens, we are called to reconcile. To daily make a choice. Here, it's changing this. The verb is in the imperative passive. So Jesus says, go and be reconciled. Go and let your heart and mind be changed. And this is the the gift, y'all. We don't have to do it. In Christ, this this is what Stephen talked about last week. Because of Christ, the whole world is getting reconciled. The whole world is in this constant state of getting into right relationship. And the work has already been done on the cross, and with an empty grave and now all we have to do is just respond. You remember, you go and then let the reconciliation happen. I used to think that reconciliation was about two people coming to a more copacetic place. It's actually about the person who realizes that things are not copacetic and then this person says, change me, God. Change me. I I want to be better for whatever it's gonna take in this relationship, and I know that reconciliation work is so hard, and and so it appears easier, just like Jody, Jamie, and Daisy, to just not do anything, but relationships matter so much to God, and when our relationships are not right, it affects our relationship with God. Now, there's something different between Jody and and Jamie's story and and Daisy's story. And I want to make sure you realize the context. Jesus doesn't say when you are there at the altar and you remember the person that, that you flicked off in traffic. You remember the person who you cannot stand their political views. You remembered the person who hurt you in second grade by calling you names. He says, you're there at the altar, and you remember your brother or sister. These are people that are in your life now. Family by blood, family by faith, family by village that is required to to live life. Those are the relationships that God is saying, go. Remember. Relationships are of utmost importance to God. And when we are in conflict, when we are out of alignment with someone in our family, it matters to God, so much so that God would say, stop your worshiping of me in this moment and go work on that relationship. Last week, Pastor Stephen preached on the text from 2 Corinthians. Did y'all receive these as you came in? If you didn't, we'll get you One. But this is the passage I I want us to highlight today, and all of you are gonna get to take this with you as you go. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Pastor Stevens said, Paul has given us a responsibility to be in the same business as God. The business of reconciling. It is the work that God calls us to. His children have been called to inherit this role of reconciliation. And then Stephen said this. He said, how do we become a people who join God in reconciling the world back to him? It seems kind of a big thing that God's doing. How do we individually join God? And Stephen said, first we begin by being a people that forgive and we reconcile our own relationships. It's back to what Tate said. It's saying, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. So I want you to to grab your card, grab a pen in front of you, or uh, you can write something in your phone, or you don't even have to write it, you can just think about it. And I want you to take a moment now and I want you to remember, are there any relationships in your life, any brothers or sisters or brothers or sisters in Christ that, has some, that one of them has something against you? A relationship that there is a conflict where things are not aligned, where you have hurt someone. I want you to consider writing the name of that person or thinking about the name of that person. As followers of Christ, we have been entrusted. We have been given the responsibility. I don't know why God did it this way. God gave it to us. God wants us. We're supposed to be the ones that are are doing this differently. And this week, many of us are going to be gathered around the table with family members that we don't like that much. We'd prefer to choose our own Thanksgiving table. That's why Friendsgiving was invented. (laughs) But then I think about Jesus' table. Like Jesus' table, he, he invited them all. You know he was so irritated with some of them. I mean, he knew Judas was about to turn him over. He got to come. He knew Peter, the loud mouth. He was gonna deny him three times and he also knew that every single one of those that were sitting around the table were all gonna leave on the cross. They weren't gonna stay there and hold his hand. None of them were there. And yet what Jesus does is he says, it matters how you treat each other. A new command I give to you, love one another. May it be so in my life and in yours.